welcome to another episode of my weird little podcast. This is Tia. You know me. Uh, it's a very exciting episode. Today we have Mitchell Routson, uh, Mr. Spooky, number 13. And uh, he is our guest for today. And uh, you might know him from TikTok at Mr. Spooky 13 or uh, seen his season on Worst Cooks in America. And in the future, possibly, you'll be listening to his beautiful voice on his very own podcast. Uh, how are you feeling today? Oh, just dreadful. Thank you for having me. Of course. Thank you for being here. Um, so- I, hope, I hope you had a full, healthy breakfast, Tia. I didn't. I had coffee and some water. Um, good, actually- good, because there will be less for you to gag up later when I tell this story. Um. Funny thing, I've been reading that book. You actually suggested a book to me, and now uh, Which title, title eludes me. Ghostland? Audible, Unidentified. Uh, oh, that's a good one. Ooh, girl. Hold on. Unidentified by Colin Dickey. And uh, last night, I was at the park. Yes, yes. We are talking about Olympia and, like, the there's like meat raining from the sky yes yes like at that very moment I was like eating chicken wings and (laughs) uh I had to like skip ahead to the next chapter so I'll have to go back and hear that story because like that's definitely going to be a fascinating podcast episode and I definitely want to do that but it was pretty um gross to say the least that, you know? that book is fascinating i it for your listeners i strongly suggest colin dickey's ghostland and also colin dickey's um i almost said uninvited what was it unexplained what was the name of the book again do i have it, oh, I have no. it in my, the uh, the unidentified that's what it's called yeah i definitely suggest both of those books um he flat out says in ghostland my job here is not to convince you that ghosts exist or you know anomalous phenomenon exists I'm just here to um, kind of give you the history of it. Mm-hmm. And he, in Ghostland especially, he goes into detail about like a lot of these haunted places um, and very much debunks a lot of the stories with like the actual history of the time, but also says, you know, kind of that like Sherlock Holmes thing, whatever, once you eliminate all the possible outcomes whatever once you eliminate all the possible explanations whatever the most um whatever remains even even bizarre is the the explanation so it's very much like that I really appreciated how skeptical he was of things mm-hmm. but not in like a condescending way you know no Just no very yeah matter of fact way uh you know you know uh yeah definitely I may or may not in the past have been a part of a job that made me kind of uh, say half truths uh, a lot or like, you know, allow people to have belief in something that, you know, may or may not have been overblown, Um, you know, so it was just very refreshing to read this book that doesn't, you know, jump on the ghost train as I've said before although Mm. if there was a ghost train I would jump on it but oh without a doubt (laughs) spooky ghost trains bring them back make make those a thing again but it was really refreshing to hear his take on it but yet also like hear these really creepy 
you know, true phenomenons that happened, you know, that don't really have an explanation, but he is able to like give some explanation for some things, you know, yes, pretty fast. Just you wait, just you wait till his chapter about the Betty and Barney Hill abduction. Oh, that's a good one. Ooh, okay. Yeah, that's a good one. That's a good one. Um, it kind of makes you re-examine the gray alien phenomenon after <laughs> you'll like it. So yes, listeners, if you can get a hold of any of uh, Colin Dickey's Ghostland or Colin Dickey's The Unidentified, both books are really good. Um, really kind of opens your mind to like the not exactly skeptical poo-pooing on paranormal phenomenon, but like Ghostland is all about the like social history of an area, and it's like it's very much like a social studies book. But it's fascinating. And I'm very much team. Um, Sarah Winchester was not uh, like a kook holed up in this mansion contacting spirits kind of thing. And that's very much in his in his book. Oh, yeah. Yeah. She just had arthritis, you know. She, she just had arthritis, peeps. She, <laughs> and, you know, and she just wanted to make she just wanted to put money into her community. So yeah. she yeah. so she, you know, paid paid three times as much what these workmen would get in another job and, you know, kept them working as much as she could. But enough of that. That's not the story we're here to talk about today. No, 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 no. Okay. All right. I'm so excited about your story. I know a little bit about this, um, but yeah, I was very careful uh, to forget everything that I know. (laughs) And uh, I'm very excited of what you got here. So, okay, go ahead. All right. So, as you know, I was on Worst Cooks in America, which a lot of our um, dishes could be considered kind of scary. But the story I'm going to tell you all today is about someone who didn't really necessarily cook the food he ate, but had quite a um, voracious appetite. (laughs) Listeners, today we are going to talk about Tarar. Now, Tarar, we don't know if that was actually his name or if that's like a a pet name or a stage name even he took up. Um, He was born near Lyon, France in 1772. So this kind of puts us in that that time frame of, you know, pre-French Revolution. A lot of his story actually does take place during the French Revolution. Mm -hmm. We're talking... We're talking peasants, starving, that kind of of era. Les Miserables, you know... Actually, Les Mis mm-hmm. takes place post-French Revolution. Oh, okay, Les Mis okay, takes yeah, place for sure, for sure. in like 1840. But okay. same kind of... Oh, I was going to yes. say, I won't imagine it as a musical then. Actually, you can because... <laughs> okay, so Tarar, when he grew up, had a voracious appetite. Like he just ate and ate and ate. Um... And when he became a teenager, his family, who were like poor farmers, they're like, oh, we can't keep feeding. You are literally eating us out of house and home. Mm -hmm. And they kicked him out of the house. So he found himself on the streets. This is very, very much gets Les Mis-ish. Because he's hanging out on the streets with like pickpockets and thieves and ladies of the evening and things like that. And... um, he would make money swallowing things. Um, he he would have people like give him corks and rocks and things like that, and he would swallow them. And people would be like, "Oh!" But then they give him money because you know. Um, 
Tarar, um, when he was a teen, was described eating one-fourth of a whole cow carcass. Now, not a full cooked cow, but like, like just a, a cow that probably like killed over and passed away in the fields. And that was right about when his family kicked him out. Um, so he's like kind of hustling on the streets. When he becomes the warm-up act for what they describe as a traveling charlatan. So I'm just imagining like like Sweeney Todd Pirelli's Miracle Elixir. I'm imagining him being the warm up warm up act, like you know, eating a live bird or something. Like oh yeah, that. yeah. Why is there not a Terrar musical? <laughs> you know that I I if there's anyone listening to this I, who is more musically inclined, I feel like this actually would make a great yeah. musical. I'm gonna, um, I'm gonna look at my husband right now. <laughs> and so as the so as the warm-up act he would swallow corks rocks um live animals and they said his favorite food was live snakes <laughs> oh no at this point i realized um, we never gave the trigger warning for this yes. story. <laughs> so Sorry. warning warning to those of you listening tarar had um quite interesting tastes so yeah. this story is going to have very gruesome dis gruesome dis depictions of eating animals alive um and other items that he would eat and um a lot of poo the story has a lot of poop and we're not talking winnie the poo we're talking what happens when you eat a, a quarter of a deceased cow <laughs> Fantastic. Um, so he's traveling along with the charlatan and in 1788 he took the show to Paris and around here um, around here he he's doing his show and he gets basically a big a big case of constipation and he like kills over constipated and the people who were like watching him you know swallow an entire wristwatch take him to a hospital where he's given extreme laxatives to um kind of take care of that situation yeah oh, God. so this is like the 17 1770 1780s um you can only imagine what the laxative would have been because back then they really only did like they gave you like laudanum and then bled you so that's that's medical science back then um he would eat an entire an entire bushel of apples during his show he'd have someone bring like a basket a big bushel of apples and he would just open his mouth wide and just start eating them all entirely now, with what I've told you about Tarar and his and his um, appetites, how would you describe what he looks like? What what would you imagine Tarar to look like? Oh, um, I imagine uh, his teeth probably weren't that great. That's and correct. Probably a mouth big enough, you know, to fit some things in it. You know, mm -hmm. um, I don't know. Uh, for some reason, I imagine that he's really short, but you know, I don't know. <laughs> do you imagine him as being fat 
Um, you know, having watched the movie Super Size Me and the guy who eats McDonald's every single day was like super skinny. I, you know, I'm gonna go out on a limb and say, no, not really. I guess that he Tarar, Tarar was skeleton skinny. Oh wow. He barely weighed a hundred pounds. He um oh, wow. But his stomach, the skin around his stomach was, the skin was so stretched out that part of his show, he would wrap it around his waist. But when he ate, when he ate and ate and ate, his stomach what? would extend like a giant balloon. It would get taut oh and just extend like a balloon. Um, his jaws would extend up to four inches. So like when he opened his mouth wide enough. Oh my God. It would extend. And the skin around his jaws were so loose that it's described here he could fit um, 12 eggs in his cheeks. So just imagine like a squirrel with like nuts in their cheeks. Just that's Tarar's cheeks with 12 eggs. And oh. he would do that as part of his show too. Um, wow. He was hot. So he was hot to the touch and he would sweat profusely. So um, this brings I'm up like another fun point. Profusely, right now. <laughs> <laughs> um, this brings up another fun point of the Tarar story. He stank so bad, and this is like pre-French Revolution France. Like they're used to stinky. Like people just threw their their waste into the streets. No, Tarar was described as um, having a stench. That was so bad, you couldn't be within a distance of, and I'm, I'm quoting this, you couldn't be within a distance, in, he could not be endured within a distance of 20 paces. So that means, like, you got to be 20, 20 steps away from him before you don't, you know, he doesn't stink. Um, oh and the smell was worse after he ate. <laughs> oh, so man. after he ate, they describe his eyes getting bloodshot. And a mysterious vapor would rise from him. And I'm just like, is that just like the like cartoony, the cartoony stink lines? From yeah. like, <laughs> that's just what I'm imagining. Um, oh, no. I, like, I'm just imagining, like, this person's a mess. Yeah. And not only that, just like, like, he would, like, he would just eat and eat. And it wouldn't satisfy his hunger. So he would go out and, like, prowl the gutters looking for trash um he would fight dogs in the streets if they had scrap like he would like get on all fours and fight dogs if they had scraps of meat what? um so so suffice to say Tarar had chronic diarrhea like we're we're talking just just everywhere um and that was described as being quote unquote Fetid beyond all conception. God. <laughs> Ooh. So, <laughs> so suffice to say, this is not a pleasant person to be around. But people love to watch him just, you know, just extend those giant jaws and like, oh yeah, wallow entire. Like he would have, like the, he they would throw corks and things at him. They throw trash at him, and he'd eat it. I'm just imagining someone someone on um someone on YouTube said if Tarar was around today he would have a mukbang channel. 
Oh no! I'm just imagining Tarar's Tarar's. See what I eat. What I eat in a day in France with Tarar. Oh God! Oh my goodness! So he's he he's just released from the hospital. It's now 1792, and it being France, they're at the War of the First Coalition. And um, Tarar joins the French Revolutionary Army. And um, so he's, he's joining basically because he's like, I can, get, I can get free square meals a day. I can get, you know, this is a source of food for me. Mm -hmm. um, I don't imagine he was very educated um, because one, he was, you know, a peasant farmer's son who was put out on the streets when he was like 14 to 17 years old. So, um, like it's you know it's a good it's a good choice for him because he's able to get food that way. Um, so he would he would you know he's in like military training and the rations obviously didn't satisfy his hunger enough. Mm. Um, so he would scour dung heaps for scraps, and he would carry out tasks for other like other soldiers like oh you know I'll do latrine duty. If you give me part of your your um part of your your rations for the day, and they're like, oh, okay, whatever, just go away, Tarar, you're stinky. <laughs> <laughs> um, but because he's not getting the amount of food that he normally gets, in shortly after he joins the army, um, he was admitted to a military hospital. Um, suits sous forets, and I have completely butchered that French. He was admitted to the hospital with extreme exhaustion. While at the hospital, he was given quadruple rations. He would um, eat leftovers that other patients um, didn't finish. So it'd be very much like, you're going to eat that pickle? And Tarar would eat that pickle. <laughs> Could you um, imagine, though, being sick? in the hospital but then having to be like down the bed from him you know <laughs> oh god i like i'm just imagining him being like this like human nightmare <laughs> like, yeah. giant oh, no. black hole like the skeleton monster with like sagging skin just like like trying to eat your apples um he would try to eat leftovers from other patients. He would scavenge the garbage. He would sneak into the apothecary's office to eat the pultuluses, meaning the like the kind of like cheesecloth that they would mush um, like herbs and stuff in. He would eat that. Um, and this kind of brought the attention to Dr. Corville, who was the army surgeon, and Pierre-Francois Percy, who was a baron, and he was the a surgeon-in-chief of the hospital. And these two men... Um, started being kind of mad scientisty with Tarar. Mm -hmm. They um, started doing a series of physiological experiments. So like not the most um, not the most ethical treatment of Tarar at this point, but you have to remember he he was literally a um, sideshow performer for most yeah. of his life. Yeah. Um so whenever there would there would be cooking, they would have to restrain Tarar because he would he would go crazy, try to get out and eat whatever was being cooked. 
So they made a mill for 15 laborers, like a giant mill. They placed it out on a table. And the mill included, I have the menu right here, two large meat pies, a plate of grease and salt, grease, just grease and salt in a plate, um, four gallons of milk, apples, you know, things like that. And it was just laid out in a spread. And they just kind of left it unguarded and let Terrar loose. Oh my and Terrar went to town, like the three ghosts from <laughs> Casper when they're having breakfast. Yeah. Like just Terrar, just like opening his mouth wide like Attack on Titans and just like <laughs> going to town. Oh my God. Um, so when they find him, his belly's completely extended. He's on the top of the table. He's sleeping. Um, and after he ate, they always described Terrar as like just loud, like he would go like lethargic and go to sleep, but he would like loudly belch while he's sleeping and his jaws would like kind of open and close like he's still chewing, like like that. Yeah. All right, listeners, if you are an animal lover, this is where I'm going to ask you to avert your ears. Um. As I said, this is Terrar's mad scientist era. He's being experimented on. They just fed him a meal for 15 labors. And this is like people who work heavy, long hours. So what they do next is they start giving him live animals, birds, lizards, a kitten. Oh, and no. oh, God. The way they described it is they hand the kitten to Terrar and he, without a without even thinking just <laughs> and then then tosses oh, the bones aside and like an owl you know like owl pellets like in science class in yeah. like sixth grade you, yeah he's like uh, 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 threw up the kitten's fur oh no i feel guilty yeah. laughing at that but it's like i know I, when I, I was like i was i was kind of thinking about not telling that part they also gave him puppies which they don't, they just say, oh, we also eat puppies. But I'm like, okay. But after they described that, like, the kitten eating incident, I'm like, okay, puppies, just go over there. <laughs> just, we'll, we'll get to you later. Um, they gave him a live eel, and he just kind of opened his jaw, bit once to crush the eel's skull, and then <laughs> slurped it up like spaghetti. Um, have, have you ever seen an eel skeleton? Yeah, I think so, yeah. Yeah, so an eel has lots of tiny, tiny, like, sharp bones in yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. Tarar's poor stomach, after he's, like, like digesting that eel skeleton and it's, like, stabbing into him. Oof. Yeah. Oof. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah, so, <laughs> so after all of these experiments, you have to remember Tarar is still technically in military, um, He's still in the military. Mm -hmm. So Dr. Dr. Corville um, approached General Alexandre de Buhanois um, and said, hey, we have this human garbage disposal system. Maybe we could use him as a spy, you know? How do you think <laughs> they're going to use... How do you think they're going to use Tarara as a spy? Um... Okay, educated guess would be hiding notes in his stomach and regurgitating them, I guess. Well, so 
they did another experiment where they put a note inside of a little wooden box and had Tarar swallow the box whole. Yeah. And um, they waited for him to pass the box. Mm. And um, then they opened the box and saw that the note was still legible. So they're like, genius. We can, we oh, can kind of smuggle notes across enemy lines with this this hundred pound <laughs> nightmare yeah. creature <laughs> oh my god i can't um, imagine that he would blend in very easily though you know oh oh we'll get to that okay wonderful <laughs> so for for this experiment and to kind of like get him into the idea of doing this they gave him um, as a reward, 30 pounds of raw bull liver and lungs, which while in front of all of these generals and sergeants and lieutenants, he just immediately consumed, just like that, just gurgle them all up. Um, so General de, de Beauharnois, he, um, he was a little concerned because... Um, obviously he was concerned with Tarar's mental state. <laughs> yeah. And also, um, like, they knew that he could physically do this, but, like, would he go to the right people? Like, so, on his first mission, the note that he was supposed to deliver to a general that was um, behind enemy lines in a prison was basically, hey, bestie, did you get this note? Box, yeah. yes. Box, no. Like, that kind of note. Yeah. Like it's like total, total, like not even, not even anything that you would want to like, not, not world shattering, not going to turn the tides of war. Just like, we just yeah. want to make sure that it goes to the right person. Yeah. So they disguised Tarar as a, um, as a German, German peasant. And under the cover of night, kind of just kind of push him across the borders into Germany. And kind of give him orders to go to find this captive general and deliver this note. Mm -hmm. um, in my imagination, they just put like lederhosen on Tarar and like the little like the little like <laughs> mountain cap. Like he's going to like Oktoberfest and he's like a fake yeah. fake mustache with like a Groucho Marx nose, and he's just <laughs> like like kind of waltzing across the border. Um, Tarar does not speak a lick of English. And he stinks to high heaven, and he looks like um, like a, a an alien wearing a human skin that's about too many sizes too big. So of yeah. course he draws he draws attention. The um, the the actual villagers um, were like, um, "Who's this?" And he is immediately captured by the Prussian army. <laughs> yeah. Immediately. Um. Tarar is very much like I'm not. I'm not going to give up the. I'm not going to give up the secret. I'm not going to tell what's going on. Yeah. Um. So for like a day or two, he's like they're giving him immense beatings. They're like tying him up. He's not saying anything till about two days without food. He's just like, oh, I'm so hungry. Oh. And yeah. so he um, like blabs everything. He tells exactly what he's there for. Yeah. So they chain him up to a latrine. And after 30 hours, he passes the box. Hmm. The Prussian general reads the note inside and 
rem remember the general, the, the French general told Terrar that it's this big secret mission. Yeah. But like he reads the note and it's like, hey, bestie, you okay? <laughs> Get this message. Yes, no. Yeah. He's livid. The general is livid. He, um, he beats Terrar like savagely. He has them, mm -hmm. you know, beat him, takes him to the gallows, ties a noose around his neck, puts puts the, the hood over his shoulder, the whole shebang. Poor Terrar is probably like terrified. Mm. And the general just couldn't the general just couldn't go through with it because, you know, this 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 he's like this guy's an imbecile. I I can't do this. He's 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 just following orders. And so they beat him again and just kind of toss him back over the border. Obviously after this Terrar is traumatized. He does not want to do any more military work. So he goes back to the military hospital begging to be cured. So we go into Terrar's Mad Scientist Era 2.0. <laughs> um, so this is this is 1792 medicine. Um, they gave him laudanum. That didn't work. They gave him a series of pills of tobacco pills and wine vin white yeah wine vinegar which i'm like i guess the vinegar would be like acidic and like kind of like make him not feel hungry i guess mm -hmm. um that didn't work either they gave him a diet of large quantities of soft boiled eggs like when all those spells just feed him eggs you know yeah. <laughs> um and that obviously didn't work because during this time Tarar snuck out and again he went back to his old habits of fighting dogs in the streets for scraps of trash scavenged mm -hmm. scavenged for offal outside of um butcher's house butcher's shops um offal is you know basically beef guts he would go and like look for like the parts that they toss out and he'd just be like <laughs> like um <laughs> A lot of a lot of images of Tarar of him like eating like guts, so yeah. <laughs> that's where he gets that. Um, he would snuck in. He would sneak into patients' rooms while they're undergoing bloodletting, and when the doctors were away, he'd like kind of like go underneath, like where they're like letting the blood try to like drink the blood as it drops. That's the one. That's um, the fact that's gonna make me pass out. <laughs> Oh no no no! The next the, the next fact might make you pass out. They oh, had to great. put extra guards on the morgue. They had to put extra guard duty on the morgue because Tarar tried to sneak in and eat the corpses. Oh God! <laughs> yeah, um, the doctors, the other doctors at the at the facility were like, "My dude, this guy needs. We we're not equipped for this gentleman. We need to put yeah. him in like." A lunatic home or something like that yeah. um i i know lunatic home is not a politically correct term but that is literally how it is written in the, like, yeah. the text yeah. um but dr percy he just he just kept him at the hospital to continue his experiments because i mean terrar's fascinating and if i was a, a, like 17 not 17 1792 doctor i'd wanted like see what what the extents of his eating is um and then one day a 14 month old infant that was in the hospital disappeared oh no <laughs> oh yes dot 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 um yeah. 
<laughs> that was that was the final straw for the doctors. Yeah. Uh, Dr. Percy couldn't or wouldn't um, back up Tarar. Um, it was a little too convenient that um, that the child went missing. And they're like, okay, Tarar, pack up your loose skin and get out of here, buddy. You can't stay here anymore. <laughs> He all puts it in a suitcase. He just, he just like rolls it up and like, <laughs> like leaves. Sad walking away music plays. It's like oh. rainy. <laughs> Single tear goes down his cheek. He licks it up because it's salty. Um, they don't know if Tarar ate the child um, for certain. You, back in this era, people would kidnap children and sell them a lot. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, it just kind of, it just kind of, was Tarar made a scapegoat? Possibly. Um, did he eat a baby? Maybe. It's more fun to think of it that way. Oh, no. Um, but that was, that was kind of the, the last straw for the doctors, and he left. And no one heard from Tarar for a few years until 1798, when Tarar sent for Dr. Percy, um, he was in a hospital in Versailles, and he told them that he had swallowed a golden fork and needed Dr. Percy to remove it from him. Mm. And Dr. Percy gets over there because he's like, hey, my experiment. I haven't talked to you in a while. Yeah. Um, when he gets there, Tarar's bedridden. He looks terrible. He had obviously, he was dying of advanced stages of tuberculosis. Mm. So um, a month after Dr. Percy arrived at the hospital, Tarar died after an extreme bout of diarrhea. That's what actually killed Tarar was he had a massive case of diarrhea, completely, mm. completely dehydrated him along with the TB and he passed away. Um, they describe his corpse as immediately starting to rot which means that it's just full of bacteria. Um, and the hospital didn't really want to do an autopsy, but Dr. Percy was, no, not Dr. Percy, the uh, head of the hospital that Tarar was at was like, no, 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 we have to do an autopsy. Yeah. Um, during the autopsy, they said when they opened Tarar's jaw and they had his head straight up and his jaw open, you could look down entirely through a... Um, you could see directly into his stomach through like a passageway, like open the jaw, just extended all the way down to his stomach, just full on shine a light. You can see directly into his stomach. Um, his stomach and body were full of pus and his stomach had many, many ulcers and the entire stomach took over 90% of the torso cavity. Like our stomach only takes about, I want to say, maybe 40%. His took 90%. Just his stomach alone. Um, to this day, no one really knows why Tarar ate that way. Oh, and one more thing. They never did find the golden fork. So hmm. maybe he swallowed it and, and it went through and that's it. But the golden fork was not stuck in his stomach. Um to this day, we don't have a really good explanation for why Tarar was the way that he did. He was. Yeah. Um, one of the explanations is Tarar may have had a damaged 
amygdala, part of the brain, mm. which um, is part of what what kind of keeps us from going into extreme fits of anger and things like that, but that might've been damaged and caused him to not feel the feeling of um, cessation when you eat. Mm -hmm. And they also say that he may have had extreme hyperthyroidism because they described Tarar's hair as being very, like very thin and um, soft. Mm -hmm. And the fact that his lips were like very tiny and almost invisible that those might have been symptoms of him being like having super hyperthyroidism. Mm -hmm. um, but beyond that, it's a very fascinating case. Um, we don't know how much of this is factual and how much of it is fictional. Um, it, it was printed in esteemed medical medical journals of the time because mm -hmm. it's a fascinating case. Like, medically like why this person is this way um his his background being a sideshow performer does add to the fact that maybe a little bit of it might be a little embellished as we mentioned before you know yeah. just yeah. kind of being a little a little careless with the truth um if 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 tlc was on the air back then tarar would have a special Let's just say that. A hundred percent. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness. Huh. I don't know what to say right now. I'm like overwhelmed and super grossed out. So And don't you feel like you need to take a shower and like brush your yeah. teeth after hearing that? Yeah. Uh, I I feel like I, I should have ate something before, but yeah. <laughs> but and now you're like thankful that you didn't because kind <laughs> of, you know. Wow. Uh that's fascinating and frightening and you know hopefully in the world we don't have another Tarar ever again there were there were a few cases like Tarar in that era in that like 1790s era mm -hmm. my only thought is it being it being you know pre-french revolution france that it's that kind of that kind of mentality like if i don't eat now i'm not going to eat again yeah you know yeah so they just consume 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 um but the fact that like i just feel that like for a lot of his existence people were feeding him things that they probably shouldn't have like he would be yeah. he would be oh, fed yeah. like cow corpses and it's like come on just cook it for him my dudes yeah. you know yeah yeah that's that's kind of sad actually you know it reminds it me is of, kind of sad uh the geek in a nightmare alley where they're just uh torturing this poor human you know and they lead oh, him on to believe that he's a monster you know well All right, now, one, of, one of <laughs> my, yeah, one of my favorite movies and it's not the most politically correct movie but todd browning's freaks yes yeah um I love the story of Daisy and Violet Hilton. If you've ever watched the documentary Chained, um, Chained by Flesh, um, very, very fascinating story about them. And they were in that movie. For a lot of these people who were deformed, who had um, situations like Tarar, where like, mm -hmm. like he wouldn't be able to find a job anywhere else besides the military. Yeah. So, it's it's good that we have advanced from that time frame where these people have 
to have to put themselves on display mm -hmm. to make money to now. I'm so happy that we're out of that. Um, but um, but it's still like, it's fascinating to hear these stories of these people. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you. You have a You're definitely welcome. stunned me, freaked me out just a little bit, you know, which is hard <laughs> to do. It's hard to do. I have, uh, you know, I've heard some weird stories, but I was like vaguely aware of that story, but not to that extent. And like when I thought it was going to be the end, you know, like, oh, this is the most weird thing he could eat. It just like went on and on <laughs> and another shock. And his jaws opened after. wider and wider like a snake. Exactly. <laughs> just, oh my goodness. Just extending. Oh my God. Speaking of snakes, that, that was his favorite food. They said that like his favorite item to eat was snake meat. I'm just like, <laughs> you know, but yeah, but like not as weird as other things, you know? Yeah. Like a baby. <laughs> I, I I personally I personally don't think he actually ate the baby. I think that's a case of scapegoating. They already yeah. wanted to get him out of the hospital. I'm certain I'm certain their grocery bills were heightened while he was there. Oh yeah. Yeah. And they I were think they just tried to get him. him. Yeah, they were just like, okay, get out of here, Terrar. You ate a yeah. baby. Get out of here. I don't think he actually did that. <sighs> All right, I'm going to fan myself off. I'm going to take a <laughs> try not to think about this as I go to bed tonight um, or eat <laughs> on today. Um, but yeah, but that was a lot of fun. Thank you for being on. You're welcome. Um, You're welcome, you Bestie. Uh, I did have fun. And we'll, yeah, we'll have to do this again sometime. So and And listeners, if you like this sort of story, I often tell stories like this on my TikTok. It's Mr. Spooky 13, at Mr. Spooky 13. There was already a Mr. Spooky out on the internet before me, but I'm the one just really grabbing that name. Awesome. You're the, you're the official, though, Mr. Spooky. Now, you know? according, to, according, to IMDb, according to IMDb, I am Mitchell Ralston, quote, Mr. Spooky, quote, unquote. Exactly. I actually saw that. I... I Googled you earlier today, uh, you know, and yeah, you came up as uh, Mr. Spooky. So Mr. Spooky, Mitchell Ralston. That's how yeah. it is on IMDb. <laughs> oh, man. All right. So, uh, but yeah, thank you um, to my You're listeners. Welcome. Thank you for listening. Like always, uh, you can find us wherever you listen to podcasts. And soon Mitchell will be out there in the podcast world as well. And uh, you'll have to catch him. But I hope you all have a great rest of your day. Uh, go eat a large meal, you know? Yes, eat, eat uh, a large meal in honor of Tarara and then take a healthy nap. All right. Stay spooky, everyone. Ooh. <laughs>